Hey, EJ. So, continuing our Women in Horror series. Not your Scream Queen. And today we have the movie Ma. I'm trying to say this correctly with my, my what accent? With my southern accent. I want to be like Ma. <laughs> like Ma with Octavia Spencer. And we have a lot to unpack with this movie. Um, I have lots of thoughts here. Good and bad. So I have to say, first of all, this movie completely did not even hit my radar when it released because um, it's a 2019 release like this was just a little over a year ago right and totally did not even realize this movie had happened no and octavia spencer is a pretty like she's a big big she's name a big freaking too, deal yeah too too good for this movie in my opinion but we'll talk about that in a movie in a minute it's not, I'll tell you how I feel in a minute. It's lots of good, too, so don't feel bad. But do All you right. want me to give the rundown this yeah, time? go for I mean, it. you gave the rundown last time, but then I completely, like, bulldogged it. I was like, no, I, I needed some focus, feeling. so so go ahead and get us rolling. Okay, so the movie Ma would, I guess, categorically be a teen horror movie, just because your main, like, protagonists, I think, are teenagers. So, uh, and it's a group of them, and it follows Maggie, who is new to this town. She's from San Francisco, and they moved to, they never really, maybe they say where it is, but I don't remember. It's just an anywhere town America, like small rural town. There was like some mountains in the background in one of the scenes. So just small town, probably Midwest is the feel I got. And she moves to this new school, and... One thing it didn't do was play like, oh, the new kid, oh, the mean kid card. Like, she meets some friends, and like, they invite her to hang out, and everybody's being nice. Well, they are riding around, and like, this one of the kids' dad owns a security company, and they lets him drive like one of these like beat up security vans. So, that all they do is ride around in that and try to get alcohol. They're like 16, and there's nothing to do in this town. Like, there's not a red light. Like, it's just a small town. Nothing else for them to do except get alcohol, go out to, they call it the rock piles out in the and drink like you know like country kids go drink in a pasture that's basically it smoke some pot drink some alcohol go home <laughs> well what they do is they go to the liquor store in town and they take turns with the money trying to find somebody that will buy them alcohol and they go out there and they switch take turns doing it try to see who can get somebody and finally this character and i think her name was it luann or Sue-Ann? Sue-Ann. yeah sorry and it's Octavia, Octavia Spencer's character. At first she says no, and then they kind of like persistent. And then you can kind of see like something kind of like change in her. She's like, okay, yeah, I'll get this for you. And she goes in and she gets it. And you're like, what is this woman doing? And she gives it to them and she's like, where are y'all going? And they tell her, you know, we're going out to the rock piles. And she's like, okay, y'all be careful. I used to go out there all the time as a kid. Y'all going to have fun, be safe. And they're like, okay. Well, then she gets back to work, and you're like, this woman just bought alcohol for these kids. And they go off, and they're drinking and doing their thing. They're like 16 Like, in the middle of the day. Yeah. Yeah, it was such a 16-year-old. <laughs> like, the, the only time you're going to do that is when you're, like, when you're not supposed to. Like, when it, when it seems cool. Like, nobody else wants to do that. So, they're out drinking. She's at work. She calls and, like, tattles on them. And you're like, okay, that's why she did it. Like, I guess she's just trying to get them in trouble. That already confused me some because the guy comes out and says that one of the guy's fathers called and said to get them. And that's why they get off because he's like, I never liked your father in high school. Yeah, it was all it was. So So I'm not going to arrest you to get him back because he whatever. 
she called the kids dad because she saw the van there that it was but she had history with this guy but you don't know it at the time and she's like a little bird is telling you that your son is out getting drunk at the rock pile and so the dad calls the cops and the cops come out there and instead of arresting them they're like i didn't like your dad so get out of here and like okay so they're doing the same thing a few days later and she comes back and she buys a bunch of alcohol for him and she's like oh well i can't do the switch here i'm being watched i'm not gonna risk my job for you guys follow me down the road and we'll make the switch and i'm like okay cool you know they feel like really i guess adult i don't know and they follow her and then she's like oh well why don't y'all just drink in my basement and so they start this progresses and it turns into them like partying at her house yeah all the time the teen version of the guy in the van with the candy she kind of lures them to her house and then they start partying there and it kind of becomes this like broader base of like teens throughout the entire area because at one point they're like i don't even know these other kids they're like they must be from other schools so she's just like drawing every teen from the county apparently to her basement yeah and you can tell at this point something's going on with her like this is fulfilling some kind of weird need for her this isn't just about because she's not getting paid like they're not paying her to do this she's She's not really buying them all this booze drawing them there as long as they don't go upstairs as long as they, I'm glad you, I forgot about that. I'm uh, glad you said that. As long as they don't go upstairs. And she has like weird mood swings. Like, like if they yeah. say one thing wrong, she gets like real snappy. And so like you can tell. dangerous. Yeah. Like something is up with this woman. But them being kids, they're just like, oh, woman buying us booze. It's fine. And this turns into a regular thing. And she like shows up at their school and like is like, come on, y'all. And like she'll send them like hundreds of text messages. Like it's just constant and it starts to click that maybe this isn't normal well they're like we're gonna go one more time because somebody's having a party or something and they go and one of the the popular girl Haley um the main character's name is Maggie and then her friend Haley has to pee so they're like let's go upstairs because somebody's in the bathroom let's break the one rule and they go up there and Ma sees them they hear weird noises they get caught and she like kind of grabs their arms and is like kind of rough with them not like I mean, she doesn't, like, hit them or anything, but she's like, what are y'all doing? And it freaks them out. Like, shoves them against the wall or something and yeah. yells. Yeah. And so they leave. And after that, they – and if if I lose you at any point during this, just let me know. Because I'm, I'm trying to explain as <laughs> I can. Um, <laughs> yeah, so they leave. And they decide they don't want to go out there anymore, really. And so Haley sends out, like, this massive text. Like, hey, y'all, we're not partying at Ma's anymore. Any, everybody block her. But Ma gets it and like it's like the most classic teen yeah. bullying. Like they, <laughs> she freaks out that they did this. She's out. But then like so she buys more booze and gets more kids to come and then those kids are like mean to her. Like they drive by and they're like, "Hey, Ma!" And they throw a cup at her window. I don't know. And but anyway, they all end up back at her house and they start noticing like they get drunk and like pass out. And they'll notice like they're missing jewelry. That really don't have anything to do with anything. Yeah. Just weird, random stuff after blackouts. So, okay. So, they eventually try to stop going there. She starts kind of, like, stalker level, like, calling them, harassing them. Finally, you know, changes her tactics. Tells them she has cancer and that she's dying to get them to come back. Uh, And Maggie, who's our main character, is still kind of like, eh, guys, we shouldn't be doing this. But the rest of them, I guess, go back. Well, her, the guy she's dating, 
his mom died of cancer, so he feels very sympathetic. He's like, oh, that's why she's acting weird. My mom acted weird at the end, too. And so he makes these excuses. Mm-hmm. They end up going back out there, and every time they're like, oh, this is the exception. But Ma starts showing up. Like, she shows up at Maggie's house and talks to Maggie's mom, and, but pretends like her and Maggie have never met. Mm-hmm. Checking up on the animals. And it, it, it's just really bizarre and then the guy that maggie's dating's dad went to high school with ma and i'm i'm not gonna get into the flashbacks yet but she he shows up (laughs) yeah like they all know he shows up at her work where she works at a vet um with his cat and he's like hey let's get a drink after you get off um and she's like okay cool and so she goes and has a drink with him and she's trying to like kind of figure out what's going on well it turns out he is like why are you hanging out with my son? Which, by the way, this was kind of a big moment, both touch points of this scene, because throughout this sequence of what's going on with these high schoolers, it keeps flashing back to Sue Ann's own high school days. And she's interacting with these kids who are now the parents, right, in the mod- in the current day. So these, these parents and Sue Ann all know each other and you can tell the entire time that like they're hanging out with Sue Ann when they're in all in high school but it's clearly building to something where they it, this has all been a setup that they're being nice to her and they are about to turn it on her somehow terrible so then you see this guy grown up he comes in he seems like he's just chance run into Sue Ann at her work oh hey I didn't know that you worked here is really friendly, kind of acknowledges that he was terrible to her in high school. Um, Seems like he has grown out of it. Then he gets her out for this drink and then turns on her again and is being really nasty. But you think it's because, well, I mean, like, it's kind of hard to tell. Is he just a manipulative jerk still? Or is he now being kind of a guard dog parent because this lady is doing super creepy stuff you know, inviting his son over right. and getting and him really drunk. And at this point, yeah, you know they went to high school together, but you're not really sure, like, what went down with them. You, you're you kind of starting to think something went down, but you're not sure to what level. And he's being the guard dog parent, but then the way he handles it is a little much. He's like, I won't call the police. I'll handle this myself. And it's just being, like, really aggressive toward this woman when really all he knows is that his kid has been at her house. Right, because of the GPS tracker he put on his son. <laughs> Which he's clearly truck. so worried about because his son's been getting, like, shit-faced in a field for a year, and he's never even, like, how would he know that's, like, her house? <laughs> he like, he sees she, anyway. I mean, he owns a security company, but. He knows. Okay, back to the story. <laughs> we'll unpack all this in a minute. <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll get back so, to it. Okay, after that, things start to turn. Ma starts to get. The partying keeps getting a little darker. You can tell mom's Ma's getting a little more unhinged. Then you find out that, okay, so there was a girl at the school in a wheelchair, and she is in the first scene, and then you don't see her anymore. And you know something's going on upstairs at Ma's, but you're not quite sure what. Well, the girls, Maggie and um, Haley, they realize, they start to think, Ma has their jewelry because they see a bracelet that they recognize of their friends on Ma's wrist in a video. And so they go and break into Ma's house when she's at work and they discover that Ma has a daughter and it was this this girl that was in a wheelchair and Ma does not let her out. And it's very 
like it's really creepy like there's locks and there's bars on everything and like it slowly comes out that there is a Munchausen by proxy situation happening here of the ma it shows ma stealing meds from the vet it shows obviously the girl is not that sick um and she's just like real soft-spoken you can tell like there's some emotional abuse as well as the physical abuse happening just real broke down and this is the part where like everything starts stops being so mainstream like it goes everywhere um so they get out of there because ma comes home and she's like you got to get out of here she's gonna be very mad if you're here and so they get out and they escape and I'm trying to remember, like, a lot happens. I'm trying to remember what happens in the right sequence. Yeah. I, like, I think, you know, broad strokes that we can start unpacking things more instead of just summarizing. Um, she ends up luring the core group of the six teens that started all of this back to her place one last time, drugs them all through their alcohol so that they're passed out, and then poses them all like abuses them as she sets them all up for a photograph where she's like the the cool kid in the middle and then she tries to kill them all by like various things so like she tries to hang maggie she's sewn the one girl's mouth shut so that she can't talk like all this like creepy like really unsettling stuff she french kissed one of the the kids like yeah she stabs one of them yeah like it was, it was really weird yeah and then she sets the whole place on fire while they're unconscious to backtrack so we can tell the other part you find out in the meantime that something really bad happened in mine high school these kids were like the worst they i mean this is just like this is terrible like the police should have been called they the guy that she likes which is the guy she ends up meeting in the bar ben like as adults in high school she has a big crush on him and he sends her a note, meet me in the janitor's closet after class. And she says, yes. And there is another adult character in the movie. I can't remember her name. She's just a complete B. Like, she's just like the obvious mean. Mercedes. 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 So teenage Mercedes. Yeah. It was such a perfect Teenage Mercedes. Anyway. <laughs> it shows teenage Mercedes talking to teenage, is it Luann? I always say the name wrong of the character because I think Ma. A teenage Ma. Luann? Yeah, and uh call her ma. basically asking her if she's ever given a blowjob before and she's like no i've never done anything before and she's like tells her what to do and like you think she's being like friendly oh, with her but right. it's very obvious to anybody watching that something bad's about to happen and so she goes in the closet you can hear it happening it's black she can't see anything but then she asks him she's like ben are you gonna talk to me tomorrow and he's like yeah 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 and she walks out of the closet and she turns and there's Ben standing there outside of the closet with like all the kids from her grade behind him. And she's like, Ben, I don't understand. And she turns around and it was a guy that she didn't even know. They had tricked her into going in there and like going down on him. So it was like the most, the most rapiest, no consent, horrible thing. And I get why they did that. They were trying to show yeah. Ma for what, like what yeah, happened but, to her. But then it shows Ma French kissing this 16-year-old later as an adult. And I'm like, yeah, let's unpack this. So, like, the same age as her daughter. But, yeah, at the end, the daughter kind of saves everybody. So, the first problem I had with this movie, and I, there's some good things. The, good, the acting in this is great. Like, everybody in here, the acting is, like, oh, top-notch. Yeah. They do a fantastic job. The scenes are shot well. Um like, even the teenage acting is really great. Like, these, these people are pros. They're really good. And I did appreciate that the teens actually look like teenagers. They didn't look 25. Yeah. They look like 
Yeah, they looked like teens. They dressed like teens. It was, like, the boys looked like 16-year-old skinny, scrawny boys. Like, yeah. It all worked. Excuse me. They weren't Chris Hemsworth. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Exactly. Like, on Netflix, you'll see they're supposed to be 15, and they're, like, obviously 30. Right. (laughs) But there's not, like, a 5 o'clock shadow at 10 (laughs) o'clock in the day. (laughs) Like, baritone voices. Like, these look like kids that my kids would know. So, Yeah. The first thing that bothered me, though, before I even started the movie, is I am perfectly okay with anybody being the villain. You can have a white villain, a black villain, a woman villain, a male villain. But I feel like if you're going to have a movie and you're setting this movie up and you can't have one black person and it be the villain. Like, there was literally one other person of color in the movie and they were like a side character of the kids and I couldn't even tell you their name because they didn't have that many speaking parts. You would see extras in the background every so often, but it was just really weird to me. So, you know? there was her daughter, Jeannie, and then there was yes. um, one of the, like, the sixth kid of the, the core six group that they hang out with who, yeah, you're right, he has like two lines. Right, and I think he's there to keep people from saying this. You know, because they didn't make him like the lead guy. He wasn't like the boyfriend the or the jerk or whatever. The thing that makes me like a little bit sidestepping that, not that I'm the person to say what's okay and what isn't, but the one thing that was just like a little bit like, eh, was when they called it out when she's got them all, this sounds so ridiculous, uh, when she has them all drugged and pass out in that final scene right before she tries to kill them all. And she has like this little commentary for each one of them. And the, the twisted, weird thing she does to this kid, the black kid, was she has white paint and she brushes it over his face and she says, there's only room for one black person here. Well, that's not exactly what she says, but she says, like, there's so only there's room only for, room one, for of one of us. And so he has to be white because she is already the black person for this friend group in this small town. So, like, it was it was like this, like, one touch of acknowledgement of this one dynamic that is otherwise really kind of glossed over in the film and honestly it felt like it could have been added like you know like oh we maybe we should acknowledge this and her daughter was the hero they talk about her being the outsider okay this is my second thing this is my second problem if this was a movie where it was this horrible thing that happened to this girl and she grows up and it can still be a horror movie. She can still be a bad bitch and do horrible things. But it was about her revenge for this act on the parents. Mm-hmm. Even if the kids are in it and she's hurting the parents through hurting the kids, <laughs> that would be okay. But it kind of loses traction because you don't ever get that's the sense that's what's happening. It's almost about... Oh, this is what it's like being the outside, like, because she wasn't cool, not because she was abused, until they add that in in the last scene um, where they acknowledge it. And it, it just felt like it lost its potency. potency? It, it wasn't streamlined. It wasn't like this horrible thing happened to this girl. As a direct result, she's doing these horrible things to people. They made her think they overcorrected. Like, she's French kissing teenagers. She's hurting kids. She's not really... Hurt. I mean, she hurts the adults, but it's almost like that's an afterthought. Although she does run Mercedes over <laughs> in that truck. That like, was smack. Okay. That was really a moment. I'm gonna counterpoint you though. I'm gonna half agree. So I agree with you that, like, to some degree, this whole her trying to seek revenge on the parents is a little convoluted, and also it doesn't seem to have a trigger point. You know, they've all been living in the same small town forever, except for this one girl who they just moved back 
after having moved away for a while. Um, so that in that way, it was just kind of like, what's happening here? Like, has she just been floating around this town waiting for a moment of interaction with them to start luring them? Or does she have the idea on the spot? I don't know. But to me, in you know, anytime you see an adult or even like a college kid who's still hanging out with high schoolers, it, it's like this, oh God, they're trying to relive their glory days type of a thing, right? So to me, her trying to have her place be the party place, she's trying to be the cool kid that she didn't get to be in her own youth. So she was like trying to relive and correct her own personal history. So to right. me, that part of it worked. I could have used a more specific trigger point for it. Maybe that's what's missing for me. Or the fact that the thing that happened to her was such... Like, to me, that's like a very like violent act. That's not like even Carrie getting dropped pig blood on her right. at prom. That's like you're tricking this girl into giving somebody a BJ that she didn't consent to. Like, that's rape, you know? Right. And that's a huge thing. And so... It just did. I guess I would have really appreciated if it would have. If they're going to include that as a part of the movie, they used it more as a streamlined mm. thing. Not this bad thing happened to this girl. So this woman. So she went off the hinge. She starts hanging out with high schoolers. She has a job. Apparently, a normal life, <laughs> except she hurts her kid. Like it's yeah. it's bananas. And like they never really dive into the Munchausen by proxy situation which is its own completely separate pathology right so like she's been traumatized by this legitimately horrendous thing that happened to her in high school for some reason stuck around like is still like obsessed with these people from high school this is a very small town like a very very small town like there's no way she didn't see these people all the time. time and then on top of that, yeah, the, the Munchausen by proxy is also concurrently happening. And I had no understanding of how these, like everything else, I kind of understood how they at least connected. That I did not understand how it connected. It was like, oh, we have a female villain in a horror film. This must be happening. Like just by by nature of it being a woman, she's clearly like trying to control her daughter in this way of like this like that's another thing that bothered me like clearly her daughter i mean she okay so she pulled her daughter out of school after a while but originally her daughter was in school and if she's been in this town her daughter must have been in school people would know because i live in a small town they would know her daughter so there were several instances like when um she met ben the guy for a drink who was like, stay away from my kid. And he was like, what's my kid doing at your house? She could have said like, well, he was hanging out with my daughter. You know, like it, it, it was just a weird, lots of weird things. And look, I'm not, I'm, this movie is interesting. Like it, the act, like I said, the acting's great. I'm not like bashing it, but from a writer standpoint, I just feel like there was too much happening that didn't tighten to the plot to cause, like it, it almost took away from the suspense that final scene. I was like, kind of like, really? This is where we ended up? Like, she's sewing Haley's lips shut. She's burning the guy because you have perfect abs. Like, it would have almost been better if all that would have stemmed from a different trauma, like a popularity type situation. Like, if she would have been like the girl that was trying to be popular and they kept knocking her down instead of, like, she was a, like a cute, quiet kid. 
she didn't stand out as being like particularly nerdy. Um, and then this horrible thing happened to her. And then 30 years later, she kills their kids. Yeah, like, yeah. That, yeah. There were a few fragmented pieces to all of this. Um, I guess if it was a revenge story, I would be here for it. I don't know if you got to do much reading on, like, the background of how the film came to be, but I was picking into that a little bit earlier today, and um, one in particular I read that was about this uh, was a review in Variety. And they taught, and also the Wikipedia page, just because I guess I'm a millennial. But um, they were talking about... I guess this all came about because the director, which I'm blanking out on this name, shoot. Uh, but the director who also did The Help. So the director had also done The Help. And he wanted to go a totally different direction. He wanted to do something, quote, really fucked up. And, you know, he found the script. And meanwhile, he is buds with Octavia Spencer, like, outside of work. Like, they just hang out and stuff and Octavia Spencer had been I was wondering how he got her to do this movie. yeah well she'd been saying she really wished that she could do something outside of this kind of mold that she'd been put in at that point she wanted to really shake it up do something really different so he finds the script he's found his really fucked up thing he calls Octavia and is like look you want to go really crazy I just found this horror f- film and she's like I'm in without even reading it and then um, along the way, they started unpacking a little bit as they dove into the script and felt that the character of Sue Ann Ma needed a backstory. So the original script had no backstory for her at all. And so they were actually trying to go back and put that into the script and then also use that to give her... Like, not just some reasoning, but also give the character some more of a sympathetic edge so that she wasn't just all crazy, horrendous flat. Right. And that's kind of what I felt like when I was watching it. I immediately felt like, okay, they're trying to make her sympathetic (laughs) and they're trying to give her an arc. But this just, it just didn't work for, like, what the way they did it didn't work for me. You know, like, especially because she stayed in the small town. If something would have happened and she would have left. And then she would have came back with the plan to do all this. But it was kind of like she just fell into it. Right, right. Like, she walked by. I'm going to even – and also it kind of bugged me that it – and this is just me being nitpicky at this point. Like, you have a kid that has this horrible thing happen to them. So they grow up and become adults that kill kids and French kiss kids instead of taking it out on the people that hurt them. And, like, just – I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Like, I'm not saying that it shouldn't have been done that way. I'm not saying that it's necessarily problematic. But just as a viewer, I was like, eh, I don't really. And, and that's where I, I feel like this was really a lady who did not have any sort of plan. She ran into the right people on the right night was or the right day, was really willing to kind of like open that door a little bit. Here's a chance to have a connection with, you know, at least the son of this guy that she's had a crush on for, at this point, decades, I guess. Um, But then also there is that double-edged thing of having the rage towards them all still. And I don't think that she even necessarily felt that... I don't think she necessarily understood all of the different things that were still conflicted in her, but was just like, hey, here's an opening. I'm going to have this guy, you know, lure her to my house. And then right. it kind of spiraled from there because, like, so many different things. And I think that's part of the problem with it, 
it diluted it. because it did dilute it there was no plan she didn't have a plan literally sees the girl who helped set her up so many years ago running down the street on her daily jog and just decides to floor it and run her over which i will say had so much shock factor that i thought it was pretty hilarious it was like my favorite part of the movie <laughs> i was like that bitch like, got oh. it she was because the person she was like the worst person in a movie yes. of bad people so here's what i would have liked to have seen if if you know if we were writing this and like we were trying to send it to an editor and it would have had to been a lot tighter mm-hmm. this girl and that can even go to she can go through that as a teenager and that can happen. And then I want to see her have this intricate plan as an adult where she runs into these kids and she uses these kids to get to their parents instead of trying to relive her glory days. We see where she's inserting herself into their life and being their friend. Some actual motive. With the sole purpose to get to the parents and hurt the parents. Yeah. That would have been more powerful. And I feel like part of it felt like that would have been more of like an adult horror movie. And this was like, you could tell it was a teen horror movie. And I feel like the reason it kind of got lost in the middle was maybe because they did add that backstory. Instead of it being a movie about, hey kids, don't get people to buy you alcohol and go to their house and party in their basement. It was like sympathetic villain here. Bad things happened in high school, but she is going to fuck you up in the basement. Mm. Like it was just, I don't know. And I'm again, I would watch. I would watch it again. <laughs> like I, I feel like I'm really shitting on this movie, but there is a lot of good here. The acting is Stellar. phenomenal. Yeah, it, for a horror movie, especially because you get a lot of times you get people kind of start out in horror. Like you have people that it's career in it and they're great and they stay in it. But you have a lot of actors they kind of get in these B horror movies or whatever and they move on to other things. But this is almost the opposite. You got Octavia Spencer who is fantastic. And Did we even mention Alice and Janney yet? No. I, Alice and Janney is the veterinarian that Octavia Spencer's character works for. And I was like, oh my God, she Alice and Janney. And she was, and I read that she was like right off of the Tara Lipinski film. So she was like really writing those vibes in this role too. Just like bitter, cranky, like no time for anyone. And Get out she has phones, like two man. scenes, but she's, she's a horrible delight. I feel like I've worked for her before. <laughs> I'm very sorry. Um, no, was, it was particularly humorous to me. I was a veterinary technician when I was 18 because I thought I wanted to be a vet, so I worked in a vet's office. So I was like, poor Suzanne. It's a horrible job. Oh, yeah. Not really. It's not horrible. It's a thankless job. Yeah. It seems like, yeah, like, ugh. When she's fighting with the goat, do you remember that? That stuck out to me. And it only stuck out to me because I remember those moments from working in a vet clinic where she's like, get your ass in this trailer. I'm going to kick your ass. She's talking to the goat because it won't get in the trailer. And Where'd she's like trying to get it in yeah. there. Yeah. I was like, oh. <laughs> vet then, tech. Uh, Juliette Lewis was another really pleasant surprise. She plays the mother of the main character, um, Maggie. Maggie. Thank um, you. Yeah, yeah. Um, but no, like I, she's just recently gotten on my radar as like a really top tier actress who I've really become thrilled to see around. I don't know if you saw Camping on HBO. No, should I? Uh, yes. You would really, really love this show. Uh, it's not speculative or horror in any way. It's very solidly a dramedy. But it stars Jennifer Garner, of all people. Oh, okay. And the entire cast is just delightful. Oh, it's got your guy, David Tennant. Oh, okay. Yeah, and Julia Lewis, uh, who plays just, like, this, like, really, like, hippie, driftery, weirdo type of druggy, whatever, go with the flow type chick. 
And, um, yeah, like everything about it is just really freaking hilarious. It's, I wonder how I didn't know about this. It was really this under the radar. Sound like, but it's really smart. I need to watch that. Well, and you know another thing about Ma, like even the teenage actors, mm-hmm. those are people, like I know this because I have a 12-year-old, they're from shows that like are on Disney Plus or on, like these are actors that are on their way up that have been in a lot of stuff. Like, one of them was from, like, Girl Meets World. My kids were like, that's Farkle. That's Farkle. And I was like, get oh. out of here. You can't watch this. <laughs> not a problem. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> um, like, yeah. Well, the, the main actress who plays Maggie, Diana Silvers in particular, just seems stunning. She was really compelling. Mm. Yeah. They, they've all been in other things, I think. Because I recognize, like, it is weird because, like, with kid actors, I, I couldn't tell you who they are or where they're from. But I'm, like, I know I've seen them in things. Because, you know, like, there's all those kid shows and they're all the well, same. They're and... growing so fast. Their face changes every time you look at them. Yeah, <laughs> totally. <laughs> all right. Well, let me, let me defend this movie for a second. Because I don't think any of your critiques were wrong. But I still got to say, I got to the end of this film and I knew that the reviews had mostly been bad. And I was like, you know what? There's a few things in here where, yeah, they weren't done as well as they could have been. But by and large, it was a fun ride for me. And in particular, it I, was liked, very fun. I liked what they did with some of the themes. So they do a lot that focuses on, well, one, with Sue and the, uh, the trauma factor of all of this and what trauma does to us over time and the way it sticks with us but also um there was a theme throughout this i felt of like the kind of the the vulnerabilities that we all experience right so the reason this happened in the first place to maggie was because she was the new kid at a new school and this was all like really out of character for her but she is gotta make new friends she has to fit into this new school and it is one of those kind of vulnerable moments in life where you just have to give a little bit more than you would once you start to know people right and then there's also Jeannie who is Suanne's daughter and has her own vulnerabilities not only because of the emotional abuse she has at home and the uh uh, the factor of the, the Munchausen by proxy, but also because, you know, like she is in a wheelchair, she's a minority in a small town where basically, as you pointed out, everyone is white. Uh, you know, like something happens with her chair where it won't go up the ramp in that first scene when Maggie helps her. Um, cause it's like undercharged from the night before, just like weird stuff like that. Uh, there's a scene specifically where Maggie's mother, is on her first day at work at this casino she's working at now to help make ends meet. She's in a new job. She's just come out of a bad relationship, which is why they moved back. So she is also very vulnerable, runs into these old buds from school. Uh, the Mercedes who ends up getting run over later and uh, the main That was guy, a fantastic ben. scene if you want to touch on that real <laughs> yeah, quick. Yeah. So she is back in this. She left. She touches on she was going to California and she was going to be somebody and now she is back. She is probably it's hard to tell. I, I can never tell how old people are. 40 maybe? Hey, sure. Something. And, yeah. Like yeah. around that age. Like mom age. Mm-hmm. And so she has to wear this cocktail waitress uniform to serve on the casino floor and i'm sure everybody's seen those before like they're 
they're skimpy and there's like bow ties and they're just they're not cute like nobody can pull that off it's just one of those things and she runs into the popular girl from high school who's apparently a real lush now like she's drunk and she just grabs drinks off her tray and starts drinking them she's like maggie weren't you gonna leave and be somebody and now you're back and i was just like oh that scene like so there was you're right okay you're convincing me so so there's (laughs) multiple dimensions of vulnerability there as well right and so and then also of course Suanne herself was extremely vulnerable as a teen girl in this the school that she was at and it was preyed upon so calculatedly so there's all these different ways that these vulnerable situations that are that are you know honestly just kind of a part of everyday life we all deal with them but the, the ways that they can really go awry for you right in ways that are pretty understandable really even if they weren't necessarily the right choices so i liked that a lot and then eventually down the line what I loved most about this film was the way that these teens, even if they are still deeply flawed, pretty stupid, continuing to go back to this person's house over and over again. That's such a teenager Holy thing cow. to do. <laughs> right. It, it really is. And so, like, even despite that, they are better than what their parents were. Right. And there's you know so what? many specific I moments too. where they make better choices. Jeannie makes better choices than her mother. Maggie makes better choices than her mother. Uh, the the boyfriend, I forget his name, makes better choices than his father, who was kind of like the lead alpha bully in this whole scenario about right. Suman. And I really liked this whole thing that even in a small town, these kids, a generation later, are not continuing their parent cycles. And let's be honest, none of these parents were like top top notch parents even, although. To varying degrees, and you can speculate off screen, but they were trying, uh, falling short by a long shot all across the board. But still, the teens were finding ways to rise above, and they were not repeating the same patterns. So there was something about that that just really hit the right buttons for me. Yeah, I had that in my notes, actually, now that you say that. See, I was so focused <laughs> on what wasn't working for me. It's fair. I, there's positives. The characters in general were really well. Even Sue Ann's character, it didn't. It started to come apart for me, but she, the characters in general were good. I did like that. I liked that these kids, they felt like real kids. They messed up and did stupid stuff, and they could be mean to each other, but there wasn't a kid that was, like, just all mean yeah. or just all good yeah. or like like Maggie and Haley were like being best friends and then there would be another girl that would pass out at the party and they'd be like she just pretends to be passed out because her dad's a pastor and she doesn't want to drink and they'd be like, that's, <laughs> that's the dumbest so thing I ever heard but then they were never like mean or right. did anything to her like it was just stupid teenager stuff and like you would think they wouldn't go back to that house but I think some of the stupid crap like me and my friends did because yeah. you're so invincible you're so invincible before any, like, well, when you're and especially 16. when you can hear your parents voice in your head warning you not to do the thing you're like right I don't need you and like impulsively just do the thing that actually comes up in the movie a couple of times like there's one point where Maggie is making out with her boyfriend and Ma's like don't get pregnant you don't need a baby <sighs> to weigh you down yeah. and she's like you sound just like my mother you know <laughs> So, yeah, you're right. That I really like that they got the kids right. Yeah. The kids are the actors that play the kids are great. The care the characters of the kids are great. Yeah, the flashback kids 
were trash. So like, they were all terrible. Like, but like, terrible not just in what they do to her, which is, like, the wild, like, the most wildly inexcusable thing I can think of. But also in that they are all so one-dimensional. But I also wonder, though, if they're one-dimensional because we're getting that through Luann. You know, that's uh, a good point. Suan's flashback. Sure. Like, from her perspective, the way they treated her. But, so, another thing that's very interesting is Maggie's mom apparently at the end of the story remembers what happened to Suan. And she says, like, I'm sorry, Suanne. I should have stopped it. What happened to you was bad. Like, she remembers and she feels like this is all happening because of that. Right. And is trying to appeal to her at that moment. Um, whereas she had met Suanne before earlier and, like, had never, like, apologized or anything. Oh, like, it, it was a just really a weird. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's bad. Wait, but didn't yeah. Maggie connect the dots for her or something? Wait, no, that doesn't make sense either. Never mind. But I don't know. I don't. I don't it. know. So yeah. much is happening in this movie, but there is good, and I would suggest you know watch it. It's it's fun if you need a, if you want a scary movie and you just want to have a, a wild ride. It's definitely that. Yeah, it was also stressful. It's stressful to watch teens be teens now. Oh my god, I'm getting uh, too old. It's like stop making some these stuff choices. does creep me out. Like I don't like it and I know it's just acting but I don't like it when there's like adults kissing kids like that yeah I, I don't know it's, that just bothers me but yeah, just other than morning. that <laughs> I get it <sighs> okay and here's another thing and this is more from like a craft side of things because this is something that I really like to dig into with a character but it's really hard to pull off and I think that this is one of the problems with this film so one of the things that happens in this film is that at a certain point, Ma kind of goes off the rails and you see it happening like within minutes of this tipping point where like the kids are abandoning her just like the parents did and she's starting to really lose it. And that's the point at which she runs over Mercedes and like everything else starts to kind of spiral in a much she bigger way. She kills her way. boss. Yeah. yeah. And so the question is how do you show and really bring to life a character who has gone off the rails and lost control of themselves in that way without losing control? Like, how do you keep the narrative cohesive while right. the character who's your point of view is losing control? So I feel like the things that happened, like her running over Mercedes and killing her boss and hurting these kids like I feel like those things could have happened but it would have been better like you said if we could have saw I feel like they tried to show her losing it but it what it went from barely there subtle to like off the rails instead of having that good middle part like so when she grabs the girls by the wrist and kind of slings them around and then when she's talking to Haley and she like loses her temper and storms off like those are little nods in that direction but I feel like we should have gotten a little more sooner so we could see progressive. I don't know what that would have been for this movie. I don't know if it would have been her losing it at work on somebody and or something and like storming off. Like, I'm not sure what that would look like. But we did kind of need that bridge there. Yeah. Because I'm going to tell you, like, her running over Mercedes, that made sense for me. Because where it happened toward the end. <laughs> and I thought it was weird that she killed the boss. Like, I was like, okay, well, I mean, at this point, if you're killing people you killed somebody and you're going to jail (laughs) but you know what we didn't talk about is ben like we talked about ben's the dad what she does to him she doesn't okay so she 
She captures him. She like does she tase him? Yeah, she he comes Probably. to her house because she, she him? tricks him into okay. coming to her house with the um tracking device, which I'm not sure when she got that, but and then she tases him and ties him to the bed and you're like what's about to happen? Well, what she does another time is she sneaks into Maggie's backyard and apparently gets blood from their dog in a bag, like a blood bag. Right. And she goes to do a blood transfusion on Ben by putting the dog blood into him because, because she said he was dog. a dog. <laughs> and then she like slits his wrist and that's like how she kills him. And it was like so banana, so horror movie like out there. Yeah. That I was like, okay, this is where we're at now. But this is where this movie is. In the midst of this. Okay. And I thought this was actually a really interesting thing about this film compared to a lot of slasher horror films. Right. So there are two positions in this film where there is nudity. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and this is one of them. And I, it was very notable to me for a couple of reasons. So first of all, of course, we all know the uh, stereotype trope for a horror film is the naked, hypersexualized victim girl who's topless. She's running away and her boobs are jiggling like nuts and all of that crap. Yeah. Right. Covered in blood, supposed to be scared. But, but they're, they're trying also to make it. like trying yeah. to get you hot. Right. Because you're a creepy right. teen who wants to equate hyper violence yeah. with sexuality. OK. So in this we'll film, into that another time. <laughs> okay, enough said. Uh, but so here, there are two scenes where there's nudity, and the first one is Ma holds a gun to one of the team boys, and out of the blue, makes him strip. That was so weird. To and me. they all yeah. freeze because this is so completely random and scary. So he. Does it because what do you do? And then um, she plays it off like it was all a joke and this gun doesn't even work. Although we find out later it does. So that's number one. And I will say that they don't sexualize that moment. Right. They don't show anything on the screen. I think right. like you see a flash of like butt or something. Right. Like it's not sexual. Like he's yeah. clearly like it's it's a moment of vulnerability. And, terrified. Yeah. It's scary. It's not sexualized in any way so the second one is the scene where she's got him tied to the bed ben uh the original guy who bullied her and i yeah there's a dick shot and my god that is the the saddest scariest like most vulnerable dick i've ever seen oh yeah i noticed that i was like what she's gonna cut it off I need to clarify. I just said, oh, yeah, I noticed. Like, I did not notice because there was a dick on the screen. I noticed because the this, this scene is bananas. And right. she has a big-ass knife in one Giant hand. knife. And she's going for this dude's business. But. Just for shits and giggles back. to see how yeah. terrified he will be and make him squirm. Because that's not how she's going right. to get him. She's going to kill him with the dog blood and then slit his wrist. She did not sneak into that yard. And get blood from that dog that is fully awake, laying in the yard. When she works at a veterinarian's office and has already murdered her boss, so why not just at least use one of the dogs you have it's on hand? It's hard to get a vein on a dog and hold it there. Anyway, Aye. it doesn't matter. And you know it's that dog's blood because there is a tag on the blood bag that says Louie. 
And that's the dog's name. Yes. In case she forgets which dog blood she has this time. <laughs> it's like, what? <laughs> no, oh, like, it's, yeah, no, but like the funniest thing about like throughout the film, I will say I was having a lot of trouble keeping names straight in who the characters were across the timelines. In particular, um, I was having trouble figuring out what uh, Maggie's mother had to do with anything that happened in the flashbacks. Like, I could not have told you which one was her. But by the time we get to the scene where he's tied in the bed and it says Louie on the the blood bag, I'm like, which one was Louie? Like, I completely lost track. <laughs> See, I remembered the dog's name. I couldn't even remember Ma's name or anybody else. I was like, oh, my God, that's Louie's blood because, you know, dog. I can't help it. So I was wondering that, too, about the mom. I was – because at one point it seemed like there was – was she the one, like, in the flashback scene – Luann is have sorry, Sue Ann, you know when you get a name wrong in your head and yeah, it yeah, sticks. Yeah. Sue Ann uh, is eating lunch with one girl. And then you can you think they're friends, but then later the girl's kind of watching like she knows something's oh, up, but she doesn't stop it. And so I was like, her. well, was that, was that her? Yeah. I... But I didn't know either. Like, to me, that should have been like, I don't know. That should have been like the big midpoint. Right. I, you know. So, yeah, like this, the movie's not terrible, but it gets a little lost in itself, I would say. Yeah, yeah, I think it tries to, I, I, I like their thinking in a lot of different ways. And overall, I really thought it was pretty solid for a horror film. But yeah, like Especially it, a it teen loses horror film. itself in a few different things, a few of the different stuff it tries to squeeze in. So I'm wondering, so we're of the generation where teen horror was huge. We had I Know What You Did last summer. We had Scream, Scream 2, Scream 3. Uh, there was the one Urban Legend. Like there was a few years there in the late 90s, early 2000s where it was a thing and they like rolled out and it was like you had, you know, early 20s, late teen stars that were in these movies. Like it, they were really big hits because everybody was into it and watching it. Is that a thing now? Is that still the slasher a films? big popular thing? Yeah. That's a really good question. Because Ma's the only one I've really heard about lately. Well, I don't know. There's Happy Death Day and Happy Death Day to you, but they're a little bit older. And they're in college. Yeah. And oh. I was also going to say, like, what's the one, The Purge? But those are old at this point, too, aren't they? Oh, they're old and they're older in it. Like, they're not about 19, 20-year-olds. Oh, they're not teens. Is it? I, I haven't seen all the purges. Yeah, I I've mean, only seen the one ones that I can think of as, as the most recent are, wait, are they both called Cabin in the Woods? There's one where it's really a, like a cabin in the woods and these, like, random criminals come out of nowhere because their car breaks down and, like, try to take over the house. Uh, and then there is Joss Whedon's Cabin in the Woods, which... I'm not really in the mood to give him props for anything these days, given some of his recent uh, reviews as a human. But this is a really cleverly done film. And so if we're going to be talking about horror and dissecting the genre, there's there's not much way to go about it uh, without talking about this film. Uh, because it really does spoof on the uh, the idea of the high schoolers who are really like in their thirties, <laughs> like, um, you know, all of the different roles that different people in such a cast always play, and all of that sort of stuff. Um, but even that one is from like the early Zeds. Yeah, God, and that's like 
forever ago at this, but 2020. So I'm like, yeah. So what is your personal, like what is, it doesn't have to be your favorite movie, your favorite horror movie, uh, because I feel like that's completely different than saying what is the horror movie that scared you the most, maybe as a teen, and the one that scares you the most now. Okay, so as a teen, the one that really got to me was Sixth Sense, and we've talked about this before. Look, I watched this movie when I was like 13 or 14 when it first came out, and the thing that had always gotten me as a kid was the hand grabbing you from underneath the bed. So that in particular was just like too much for me. It was too much. Like I vividly remember maybe a week after I saw that film being home alone in my house until like one or two in the morning. And it got to a point where I realized it was like dark outside and it was like 11. And I was like, well, I can't move now. I can't get off this couch until somebody (laughs) comes home. (laughs) And so I just sat and waited and watched TV because I was just like, no, I'm I'm not standing up. up. I hope I don't have to So there is a Doctor Who episode. I'm going to like find the name of it. I'm going to get you to watch. And it starts out with somebody stepping out of the bed in a hot hand, sliding out and grabbing their ankle. And it, like, sets the tone for the whole show. Oh, Jesus. No, I can't watch that. Why is, like, under the bed is a universal scary thing, I think. Yeah. Everybody's scared. I still get spooked by that. And I'm too old. If I ever lived alone, I would have to get a bed that had, like, drawers under, like, something built underneath it so that you knew nothing could be under there ever. Like, in particular, uh, there was a, uh, how to get away with murder, no. The uh, the podcast, My Favorite Murder. There was a My Favorite yeah, Murder yeah, yeah. episode early on where they talk about some guy who would, like, break into houses hours earlier, hide things in the house. No, yes, that's Come back that. in again <gasps> later while the people were out, hide himself, wait for hours under the bed or wherever else in the unit, and then wait for them to fall asleep, wait a few more hours, and then start going for it. And that will never leave me. So thank you very much, my favorite murder, for ruining my life. Home invasion horror is probably the scariest subgenre of it for me because I feel like it's the most realistic. And that's I'm sitting here looking, trying to find. There is a movie. I cannot find the name of it. I will find the name of it before the end of this. And I'll give you all other favorites that I can remember the name of. So that way I'm not wasting time but there is a horror movie and it come out and it was in the 2000s and I want to say it has Naomi Watts in it I could be wrong oh my god and it is so scary it I remember seeing this I didn't even have a family yet like I think it was me and Justin dating or whatever and these boys these like early 20s boys break into this family's house and like hold them hostage and it's like it is I can't remember everything that happens I can't escape They are like, we will kill you if this happens. And it just terrified me to the point. Like, I still am so weird, like, when people come to the door. Oh, man. Because people are the worst. But um, probably the thing that scared me the most as a teenager was, and this is really random, because it is a sequel, and B-movie queen here. It was, I remember watching this at a sleepover. And I don't even know if it holds up. I don't even know if it's still scary or what. But it was like Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 or 3. <laughs> it was some random movie. Oh, my gosh. Running from crazed rednecks through the woods in your prom dress <laughs> while they have a chainsaw 
like trying to kill you and you're in a truck and you don't have any shoes and like I think the only person that lives is like this blonde like she was like the mousy one and she ends up being like the badass at the end Ah. but I remember loving that movie and or either another scary one was The Grudge I think I've told you about that before it came out in the early 2000s and there is a scene where that ghost is at the foot of the bed and you can just see a lump in the bed you can't see the ghost and it comes up closer to the top and it just makes that noise Uh, and that's how you know the ghost is there and you're just waiting for it and it was terrifying and I saw that in the movies with my friend I was probably 19 because I was waiting tables with my friend and this is bad but this is teenagers for you it was the Christmas party so we they were like open bar for people over 21 so we were like hoarding beers people would give us (laughs) beers and I had like this gigantic bag and so we put all these beers in this purse and then we were like let's get out of here and so we went to see the grudge and it was like one o'clock in the morning and we were the only ones there and they were doing like this late showing of it and we were sitting in there drinking beers watching this scary ass movie screaming like freaking ourselves out it's one of my best memories but it was that was this like oh my god I dropped him at his house and then I had to drive home by myself in the dark it was the worst I still get scared if I think about that movie yeah so the other one that gets me now well I haven't seen in a long time not much really gets me now but the thing that does freak me out the most these days is the serial killer anything so like my my favorite murder love it have to be careful how much I listen to it uh, and a good example of this with films is Mr. Brooks. Yes. I started watching that again the other day because we talked about it. I was like, oh, wow. Yeah. He's such a nice guy. He just can't stop killing people. I started watching it with my... I couldn't remember <laughs> how dark it was. And so I started watching it and I let well, I let my 15-year-old start it and I cut it off real quick. And I was like, nope, go find something else to do. Because he's at the age where like, Unless it's like 50 shades, I let him watch basically what he wants. 15, 16 years old. But I'm weird with horror because violence, it just, You know, I my mom know. always used you to know? say, once it's in your head, you can never get it out. That's how I feel. And I want to protect him. <laughs> so I was like, we're cutting this off. But he doesn't really like that anyway. He would have okay. failed. Yeah, I, I was always very insistent that I could just watch it and be fine. And like as testified, you know, as, as exemplified by my Sixth Sense story, that was not ever the case. But... I wanted to. Did you watch? watch um, did you watch Midsummer? No, I haven't seen that. Oh, it's so scary. Well, it's not that scary. It's scary, but it's creepy scary. But there's a couple of scenes in there that I wish mm. I would have saw as an adult that are just like really violent, and I'm like, mm, I could have done without okay. that. But my sister like loved it. She's like, it's the best movie. I've so that could just be me. Great things about it. I know I need to see it. It's a, it's yeah. a great movie. But there's two scenes where I was just like, but I don't. So I love horror, but I love like, um, if it's violence, it's got to not feel real to me. Or I like like over the top, like ghost stuff, like spooky stuff. I don't stuff. like ghosts. Oh yeah, that's right. Ghosts really freak me out. Like I don't believe in them, but I will still be worried about them trying to talk to me in the middle of the night. See, okay, I'm weird. I say I don't believe in them, but at certain moments, I think I do believe yeah, in them. Yeah, like yeah. at the right moment, I'm like, oh shit. Okay, look. My mother has lived in this house forever, like for many years at this point. And every time I stay over there, the ghosts come up. I still don't know anything about the ghosts. I don't want to know anything about the ghosts. But I know that she and my brother, who lived there with her for a while, are both convinced that there are ghosts. 
And every time they start bringing it up, I'm just like, la, 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 like plug my ears, run away. I'm just like, please do not put this stuff in my head if I'm spending the night here tonight. Like, this is not necessary. Thank you very much. Goodbye. Right. Well, I'll tell you, I don't believe in them. But then like we had a house, our last home before we moved here, where we live now, was built in 1890. Mm-hmm. And... Um, we renovated it. There would be like weird noises, but houses make noises, right? Like it's not a big deal. But one day I was sitting in the living room and like people would be like, she's making this up. And it wasn't like I heard woo or anything like that. But I was in the living room. The way this house, it was like an old Acadian style house, which are real big down here where I live. And it's the ones like with the big hallway and half the house is on one end. And like, it's all split up. Like there's a lot of doors. Like everything is separated. Cause back in the day, that's how they heated and cooled the house. I was in the living room. The front of the house was like the other end of the house. Doors were shut. I swear to God, I was sitting there and I heard a door open and shut and I heard footsteps to the point I thought it was a person. No. I was like, Justin, are you in here? And I was like, somebody's in the house with me to the point. That's terrifying. I like, yeah, I went out the back door and like Good. went to my neighbor's house because I thought somebody was inside, but there was How nobody you know? inside. Because we went right back in and like looked for, I mean, I guess there could have been. It was scary, though. I don't know which is worse. Probably the real people. Probably. <laughs> Probably. But it, it terrified oh me God. so bad. Like, I had to go, like, grocery shopping or shopping, shopping. I, like, I couldn't again. stay in my house yeah. after that. I had to find something to do. Like, it was, I was That's done. another thing. I've gotten to a point. <laughs> this is so wussy. I don't like having a big space. I like to have a space where I can, like, check every closet and underneath everything and know there's no one else in there and, like two minutes no I'm with you because our new house is just a normal modern home like you would see in any subdivision it's nothing fancy it's nothing special but I mean it's nice whatever but like I can go look everything's fine because my old house was so weird because it was huge first of all it was really big we had renovated it but it had been ever since 1890 had been added on to and renovated so it made no sense and there was like the original floors and there was like 12 foot ceilings and beadboard. And in the attic, there was like a 12 foot ceiling in the attic. So there was lots of places for people to hide in this Not house. Okay. And when I was there by myself, yeah, it was very yeah. scary. That's why I got my, my big dog that's a big Good call. baby. He's no <laughs> help at all. But like who hides Aww. behind me if he hears something. But my 120 pound German Shepherd. But, but it made me feel better. <laughs> that's great. well we unpacked a lot yes but whenever we talk about we get on the ghost tangent it could just go anywhere (laughs) it's it's the i feel like we've talked about them several times it's one of my favorites and we'll have another shot because we've got one more coming up in our not your scream queens series here do we have one or two well we have baba duke yes what else and then i thought we had a girl walks Home oh, at night or something. Oh my god, we do. Ah, oh, we got two more. Yeah, I'm very excited about. Okay, I'm excited for you to watch Baba Duke. I haven't seen it in years. I loved it. It's an Australian film, I think. Uh, it really stuck with me as a person that deals with anxiety and depression like on a serious basis. Um I really like that movie. It's very scary. It's going to scare you. <laughs> Um, great <laughs> and I gotta rewatch it and I'm gonna make my husband rewatch it with me and but it's good it's it's a good one um all right I'm excited and I'm very very excited you picked I picked Baba Duke you picked um a girl walks home alone at night and I did I 
super you brought it up i don't know if you picked it but you brought it up and then we kind of like researched it real okay quick. okay i think well let's see how it is so you can tell decide other... if i want to take credit for it it looks really scary like i'm really psyched for it all right i'm not gonna give a lot away about what it's about but i'm really excited to watch it i gotta find where we can watch awesome. it all right. Well, lots so. of good stuff ahead. Okay. In the meantime, check out our list on bookshop.org for all of the great titles we are talking about here. Follow us, uh, leave a review, and we'll catch you next time. We will catch you next time. <laughs>